resort. You are now tuned into Pulse Pounding with Mickey Dillon. Hello to all my people and welcome to another episode of Pulse Pounding. You better sit down, get your coffee, buckle your motherfucking seatbelts because this story is going to be a wild ride. Okay, first of all, I just got back from dinner. I went to dinner with one of my best friends. Shout out Matt and his wife, Katie. And I'm wearing this sweatshirt that's from the New York City auto show that they have at the Javits Center every year. And I sat down and he looks at me and he goes, Where'd you get that sweatshirt from? Because I know you didn't go to the fucking auto show. And I told him that that is racist, homophobic, xenophobic, and whatever other buzzwords that I'm not sure what they mean. I'm not exactly sure what xenophobic is, but I think he is it. (laughs) And he was, in fact, correct. Although I did go to the auto show every year when I was younger with my dad, I did, in fact, buy this from the thrift store because I cannot resist a good deal. Every time I drop off clothing that I donate to the Salvation Army, I go in there and I see what the fuck I can find. I went to the city this week to go to a show, which we'll talk about later. And the thrift store is my new last minute shopping place. H&M used to be my last minute shopping place. Now it's the fucking thrift store because I know I'm going to go in there and find the perfect jacket or the perfect undershirt to wear with my outfit last minute. And that's what I did. I've been wearing all black these days because it's slimming and I am a big old bitch now. And I also just like dark colors with my wardrobe, right? Like if I'm super skinny and tan in the summer, you'll see me wearing some bright colors. But other than that, it's pretty much all black. I don't care what anybody thinks of it. I don't care who doesn't like it. I fucking like it. And that's all that matters. So I went in there and I'm like, I pretty much have been wearing the same outfit every time I go out with a different jacket. So I need a new jacket. Walked in in like five seconds. I found the perfect black corduroy jacket, light enough for the weather to still be able to wear it because jacket season is coming to a motherfucking end. And I am depressed about that. Although I love the nice weather, I am not skinny enough to not be hiding under huge sweatshirts and jackets. Is that my own fault? Yes. Am I still mad about it as if it's not? Yes, too. The fuck? So I go in, I find the perfect jacket. I come home and I have just enough time to wash it and dry it because you cannot wear shit out of the thrift store. I don't know if any of you fuckers are doing that, but don't. So anyway, I got the auto show sweatshirt from the thrift store because it was like $7. And I looked at it and I said, first of all, it's oversized. It's cute. That's my style right now. But somebody paid $65 plus for this at the motherfucking Javits Center. Somebody paid $65 plus for this hoodie. And now it is here in my face, looking good as new. Perfect for $7. I will take that shit. Thank you very much. So Matt's a real motherfucker for assuming I didn't go to the auto show, even though he was correct. But it is not because I am a homosexual. (laughs) Okay, maybe a little bit. Okay, we need to get into a story. And honestly, sometimes stories I have when these things happen to me, and I can see that a story I'm going to tell is developing. I'm like, No one's going to believe this shit. Because if you told me this story about you, I would say you're full of fucking shit that didn't happen. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, post-breakup sex, I don't know, 40-something, whatever that was, directly before this episode, you need to go back and listen to that because this story is not going to make sense to you and I have zero fucking patience to re-explain the whole story to you. So if you haven't heard that, pause this, go back and listen to the story that I tell about my potential friends with benefits that never was because this is the motherfucking continuation, okay? I held on to that story 
for at least a week, maybe two, because I wanted to see how it would play out and develop. I wanted to tell like the whole story at the same time. So I was like, you know what? After the text, the last text I sent where he canceled and then the other guy from Snapchat was like, is this your boyfriend? And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? How did this all happen? I never texted him again until this point. So I held on to that story for a week or two since that text. And now I finally post the episode and I call Rachel and I'm like, I'm posting the episode about the LA Fitness story. LA Fitness is his code name that I gave him. Why? Because he's a gym bro. A fuck boy, if you will. But if you listen to last week's episode, because I know there's one of you, I know there's one of you right here, right now, who didn't do what the fuck I told you, not having heard last week's episode, and you're still listening to the shit anyway, fuck that. I didn't care that he was a fuckboy because it was just going to be a potential friends with benefits situation. The fucking next evening, not even 24 hours after I put that episode up, this is what unfolds, okay? So I go to work, work my shift, I'm out by like 10 o'clock, 9.30-ish, early night, and I'm like, you know what? I've been feeling like shit, I've been in the gym, but I've been inconsistent, and then I go, and then I stop. I need to put myself in this fucking mindset of working out. Summer's coming. We've only got one month till June. That's the start, the kickoff of the summer. I need to be like at least 10 pounds down. I need a solid 20, 25 pounds to get back to where I was. And I know everybody's like, you're fucking crazy. You kill those 25 pounds. Shut the fuck up. Do you see me naked and see what this body looks like underneath? I look like a melted mozzarella stick. Mind your fucking business. But at least if I lose like 10 pounds by June, I'll be in the kind of shape where I'm like, all right, I'll wear a fucking big T-shirt and I'll see in 10 more pounds to stunt. So I'm like, I got to put myself back in the mindset of like consistency in the gym, consistency with the diet. Like, what am I doing? I want to look good. I want to feel good. Like, let's fucking go. So I'm like, I'm going to the gym right the fuck now. I go to Planet Fitness because Planet Fitness is the gym where nobody is taking things too seriously. And if they are, it's only because that gym is cheap. That gym is for young kids and people who are fucking out of shape. Okay, so I fit right in because I am not young, but I am fucking out of shape. I like that gym because it's not a high pressure situation. You go to LA Fitness and all the douchebags got their arms out with the needle holes from the fucking steroids and they're making, they're making grunts and moans and I can't tell if it's sex or working out. And a lot of them get into this like weird homosexual mindset and they like grab each other's balls because there's so much testosterone flying around the room. I can't fucking take it. You would think that would be my dream, but it's actually my fucking nightmare. I don't go to the gym to socialize. I don't go to the gym to look for fucking men. First of all, that's the last thing I'm looking for at this point. And second of all, no. Put my AirPods on. Leave me the fuck alone. I don't want to go to the gym with you. Please, everybody stop asking me if we can go to the gym together. No, leave me alone. Goodbye. I'm doing my own fucking thing. I'm getting in. I'm getting out. I'm getting going. So I'm like, fuck this. I'm going to Planet Fitness. It's a weeknight. They're open 24 hours. So I leave work and I decide to go to the one that's closer to work. I had clothes in the car. I was ready to go. Coincidentally, because I didn't plan to go to the fucking gym. So those clothes were like a backup from God knows what. (laughs) So I go to Planet Fitness. I pull the clothes out of the trunk. I'm ready to go in, get myself together. And I try to open the door and it's locked and there's a sign on the door and i immediately remember when i look at it that planet fitness post pandemic has started closing for an hour and every hour that they close is different at a different location i guess they close for cleaning which is a fucking load of bullshit because every time i go in there it's still dirty as fuck planet fitness is the worst gym when it comes to like the place itself being clean you ever try to use the fucking tanning beds in a planet fitness and you go in there and the beds seem clean kind of but you still wipe it down in case anyway but the room around the tanning bed has shit 
everywhere. It looks like the ledge hasn't been dusted since 1872. Whatever year prohibition was happening was the last time that they dusted the shelves in the fucking Planet Fitness tanning bedrooms, okay? So the door's locked and I see the sign and I realize they're doing the cleaning shit. And I'm like, fuck me in the face. All I wanted to do was go to the gym. I was so in the mindset. I was ready to light the fire and get myself started. Like, fuck this. I am going to the gym. So I drive down the street to where I know there is an LA Fitness. (laughs) Do you see where this is going? So I get to LA Fitness and I'm like, I don't have a membership, but I think they do that thing where you can do like a week trial. You can go for like three, four, five days, whatever it is. If you just sign up for the free pass, they try to tour you around the gym and I'm not into that shit. So I'm going to have to put on my big attitude right now because I'm not in the fucking mood. I just want to get in there, do some cardio, get myself in the mindset, get the fuck out and hope I stay consistent. So I pull up, I sign up for the free shit online before I go in, right? I walk in and nobody in the gym gives a motherfuck late at night. I don't know if it's because they're young people that work at the desk or if they just don't give a fuck because nobody was at the desk. I did not scan a goddamn pass or anything. I just walked my ass in there. I could have been a school shooter at the gym at 9.30 p.m., 9.45, and nobody would have known the fucking difference. So real glad we're playing safe. So I walk into LA Fitness I go into the locker room. I change my clothes. I try not to look at the old large naked men who are in the corner walking around with no towel on. The fuck are you doing? I come out. I walk directly up the stairs to the treadmills and I get on and I start walking my big fat ass on the treadmill. I'm starting to feel good. I'm speeding up. I am not on the treadmill, but maybe two minutes right before I get to the point where I've done enough walking that I've gotten my shit going and now I'm going to start running. I'm like, hmm. Let me open the grind and see what's going on in this gym. Is there maybe a hot man that could potentially be my husband in this gym? I blame you people once again for me even being back on that fucking cesspool of an app because of the stories that you wanted from me. Well, here you fucking go. You got what the fuck you wanted at my expense. Thanks a lot, you motherfuckers. Now, mind you, LA Fitness, the person does not go to this LA Fitness. He goes to another LA Fitness, which is like 15 minutes out of the way. He lives probably three or four minutes from the LA Fitness that I am at and still drives 15 minutes in the other direction to go to the other LA Fitness. We have had multiple conversations about this because I couldn't understand why you would do such a thing. And he has told me that he likes the other LA Fitness better because it's bigger and there's more shit there and you don't have to wait for the machines. This one is smaller. Everything's like compact compared to the other one. So I didn't even think about the fact that LA Fitness could be at LA Fitness because he literally despises this location and has never gone there for the, I don't know what, six months, five months that I've known him. So I open the grind while I'm on the treadmill walking, walking briskly, okay? And the grind is literally a gay GPS, okay? You think Tinder tells you somebody's location? This shit will tell you if the person is 25 feet from you, okay? They get real serious about tracking the gays, which sounds unsafe to me, but whatever. Okay, I open the grind, the gay GPS, and I see the closest profile to me is a picture of a headless person from the neck down, okay? And all I see is LA Fitness's room and that body. I know that fucking body even though it's clothed anywhere. I know the stance. I know the arms, the white t-shirt, the sweatpants, the bedroom behind him. I immediately know who the fuck that is, even though I can't see his face. And immediately I stopped at the treadmill and I was like, no, no fucking way. Okay. And then I am in fight or flight mode because I have not spoken to him since 
the last text message since this person, his second choice hookup buddy, or apparently first since he threw me to the fucking curve that day, has sent me pictures thinking this was my boyfriend. I have not spoken to LA Fitness since this. A million things are going through my mind. How the fuck did this happen? Why the fuck is he at this gym that he hates? What the fuck is going on at this time? This random time that I'm going to be here for 30 or 40 minutes, this motherfucker is in the gym that he can't fucking stand this location out of the motherfucking blue. How? How does that happen? So I start to calm myself down because I realize that to avoid the creeps, I don't have any pictures of myself on this profile, right? It's just blank and I choose who I want to send it to. I am not having another situation like the story I told you about the guy who said he knew me and it turned out to be someone that I worked with. I'm not getting myself in any of those situations. There is no picture and no information. And if you are attractive, I will send you pictures so I can judge who I want to see who I am. Because if you don't, these motherfucking old ass creeps will be up in your business sending you all kinds of wild shit, asking you if you want money to hang out with them. Do I look like a motherfucking prostitute, bitch? So I immediately calm down because I'm like, oh, it's a blank profile. I have a blank profile, so it's not going to be known. He has no idea that this is me, and now I can flee the scene, okay? I'm like an episode of That's So Raven, where the audience is laughing in the back while she's like up against the wall trying to sneak out of a situation. That's me. All of a sudden, I had a vision, and it was me running into LA Fitness at LA Fitness, and I was not prepared for that. All I'm thinking about is how I do not want to have a confrontation of any sort or a conversation about why I am not answering any of this motherfucker's Snapchats in the lobby of an LA fitness, a place that I don't even want to fucking be. I'm not even in my comfort zone. If this was Planet Fitness, I would have walked up to that motherfucker on a treadmill or the elliptical or whatever he was doing, lifting the weights and said, what's up, bitch? And said my fucking piece. That is a Planet Fitness situation, not LA. So I'm like, all right, I got to get the fuck out of here, right? So I look down at the treadmill. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. My phone is still open on the grind. And all of a sudden, I see a message from his profile. And I'm like, no! I open it and it says, are you at the gym? And I'm like, all right, I'm still safe. Like, this is just a random person at the gym. If I get out of here without him seeing me, I could just never speak of this again. He has no idea this is me. And then I scroll up in the conversation and I see my big fat fucking face. Two pictures of me, my big fat fucking face. And under it, it says, hey, and this person never responded. So I put two and two together and I realize that this motherfucker must have been somewhere close to me because he lives in the town that I work in. And I must have seen a blank profile with some fucking stats. Like this is a goddamn application at a doctor's office. Height, weight, all that bullshit, okay? Eye color, hair color, but not a picture. And now I realize that this motherfucker must have taken his picture off his profile. And I messaged him with my pictures thinking it was a stranger. So now I'm fucked. Now I'm fucked. Now I realize that even though the profile's blank, I already sent these pictures to him. He knows exactly who the fuck I am, and he knows I'm at the motherfucking gym. I still am ready to flee, and I'm thinking to myself, it's fine. I'll leave. I'll say I was at the supermarket next door. I'll say that I just drove by. I am getting out of this situation. So I gather my shit, right? And I'm like, so much for a workout. Thanks a lot for fucking ruining this for me, motherfucker. 
I still blame Planet Fitness because if their doors had fucking been open, this never would have happened. So I'm walking down the stairs and now I'm like looking without looking, right? I'm trying to see like, where is this motherfucker? Because I just want to run out of here. I don't want to have a conversation at this time. I want to get out of here. So I'm walking towards the door and I spot him facing the door. I can see the back of him and I know exactly who the fuck it is. And he's talking to like two or three girls and I duck down the hallway towards the bathrooms and the locker room. I'm like, fuck and i've got my arms up against the wall i'm like thinking what to do i'm hiding and then i thought to myself is this what my life has become is this who the fuck me i have become i am hiding from a 25 year old not even friends with benefits who ditches me to hang out with random strangers off of the grind and have sex <laughs> am i hiding in a hallway of an LA fitness from this person? Really? And then I thought to myself, yep, that's who the fuck you are now because we are not about to deal with this. Okay, so I'm standing there and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. I peek around the corner and he's gone. So I'm like, that's it. He left. He was like putting his shit in his bag. He was getting himself together. I could tell he was leaving. So I'm like, he's gone. So I have my AirPods in. I walk out the door and I parked. Of course, of course, fucking idiot that I am thinking none of this was going to happen. I parked directly across from the doors the parking spot directly across from the front fucking doors so i walk out i've got my airpods on and i'm walking towards the car and i'm like just get in your car and fucking leave he's gone he's not gonna see you we're avoiding this whole situation i'm walking out towards my car with my airpods on and out of my peripheral vision i can see him standing with the same girls he was talking to that must have been his friends and I can feel him looking at me. So automatically, what do I do? I've got my AirPods in. I just start talking to myself. I'm like, pretend you're on the phone so no one interrupts you. And if they try, you can just say you didn't hear them. I am not dealing with any of this now because what do I do? What do I say? Do I say, hey, how are you? Like, nothing's wrong. Like, I didn't just talk shit about you. Literally on yesterday's episode of this podcast, I don't think he listens to this, thank God. But if you are listening for some reason, hello, now you really know it's about you. I'm like, I don't want to have this conversation because what is the conversation? Do I just say, hi, hello, how are you? Like nothing's ever happened and just act totally cool. Or do I turn around and be like, hey, motherfucker, who are you fucking today? You know, like, what do I do? I want to avoid that situation altogether. So I just pretend I'm on the phone and I jump in my car and then I go to back out. And behind me, there's someone parked behind the other cars, like behind the parking spots apparently i guess waiting for someone to come out that they were picking up so i can't even go in the other direction to pull out from where he's standing i have to back up with him next to me on my left on the sidewalk and pull out and not look over because my windows are fucking clear glass there are no tents on that bitch and not look over and pull out and get the fuck out of there so I pull out, I pull over in the shopping center next door because I need to call Rachel and tell her what's going on so she can talk me off a ledge. So I answer him back because now I know he knows it's me. And if I don't answer anything at all, it's going to look even more weird. So he said, are you at the gym? And I wrote back and said, are you at the gym? <laughs> Knowing damn well that he is, but acting like I never fucking saw him there. I'm like, are you at the gym? You hate this gym. What are you doing here? The conversation went on for a couple minutes about bullshit. And then he says, oh, I was going to ask you if you wanted to smoke. So I'm on the phone with Rachel and I'm like, what should I do? Should I go over there and smoke with him and then tell him what the fuck I think about the situation? Like, is he going to ask me why I have ignored his messages 
and unadded him on social media like is he gonna wonder why i did that did he even notice so she's like yeah fuck it go like why not and i'm like what's the worst that happens he tells me to go fuck myself i'm like but i don't think that's what's gonna happen so let's do it so i'm like yeah i'll smoke like five minutes later i would say he was like I was going to ask you if you wanted to come over and smoke. And I kind of ignored that message for a minute. And then after like five more minutes, I was like, yeah, if you want to smoke, let me know before I go home. And he goes, oh, I'm actually about to shower and I'm really tired because I worked until seven o'clock. And this is the shit I'm talking about. You're so tired five minutes later after you just said I was going to ask you if you wanted to smoke. It's been five to ten minutes max. And all of a sudden you've changed your mind and now you're too tired. This is the shit I'm talking about with this person. This is why I don't fuck with you. So then I say to Rachel, I'm like, should I just end it there or should I be petty? And she goes, no, just end it there. And I said, no, I want to be petty. So I send her a message back and I'm like, are you going to sleep or did you find someone else to smoke with like you found someone else to fuck? Boom! Mic drop! And I'm like, he's not going to know what I'm talking about because at this point he still doesn't know that the person who he was talking to the day that he fucking ditched me, that he was making plans to finger blast or whatever else, he has no idea that that person even knew anything about me had my Snapchat, saw pictures of him, whatever. He had no idea that I knew the situation. He still doesn't. Spoiler alert. So I was like, he's not even going to get this joke. And then he's going to ask me what the fuck I'm talking about. And then I'm just going to lay it out there. But he didn't. He's like a little slow, I guess. So he was like, uh, he responded something stupid. And I was like, you missed the joke. I sent them the gif of Superman where he's looking around above his head. And it says the joke, like the joke went over your head. And I'm like, you missed the joke, stupid. And he just like, didn't even respond to that. I couldn't even lay it out. So then he says, well, I'm really tired, but if you want to go to the gym this week after you get out of work, we can work out and then smoke. First of all, I don't want to fucking work out with you. If, I don't want to work out with you. But of course, I agreed. So I just thumbsed up that text and then I never responded again. And I was like, I'll just ride this out. And if he does want to hang out, if he does hit me up, I'll go to the gym and then we'll smoke. And then I'll be like, I got a bone to pick with you, motherfucker. That obviously never happened. That was like, I would say a week ago, never heard from him again. Then I have this guest pass, right? This trial offer at LA Fitness. So I'm like, you know what? The odds of me seeing him twice at 10 o'clock at night at the gym, a week apart, it just doesn't make any sense. So I'm going to go to this LA Fitness one more time and finish out my pass because it's a different environment. And after that, I'll be stuck in Planet Fitness for the rest of my life, probably. So I'm just going to go ride out the end of this free trial. So I go, I go to the treadmill, I'm doing my cardio, I go back downstairs, I'm doing crunches, I'm doing sit-ups, I'm doing my kettlebells, I'm like, good for me, I got good music on, here we go, getting back into it, twice in a week, here I am, right? So I'm walking out, I'm out of breath. I went to the gym actually twice that day. I went once before work and once after. So I'm fucking beat. I'm already feeling the soreness in like my stomach from all the crunches. The inside of my fucking upper thighs are on fire. It feels like I took steak knives and plunged them into my legs and slit them up. I feel like absolute shit when it comes to soreness, but I know that that means that it's working and I am on my way to better taste. So I'm walking towards the door and I'm feeling fucking sore and I sit down just for a minute on this bench that's kind of on its way to the front door and I'm looking at my phone, looking down and I look up and who is walking towards me smiling? but fucking LA Fitness. 
I couldn't even think fast enough. First of all, how did this happen again? How is this the second time I've fucking been here? And all of a sudden, I'm running into this motherfucker again. What are the odds of that? And now he's walking towards me. He's seen me. He is approaching. There is no way out of this situation. So I'm like, just play it cool. He said, hello. I said, hello. We talked for a minute. I asked him why he was at the gym by himself, because that's super weird. He never goes by himself. And then he was like, all right, I got to go. I've got something to do. And I looked at him and I said, yeah, I bet you do. And he looked at me and he was like, no, nah, not like that. And I looked at him and I said, whatever. And then he walked out the door. And that is the last time we've spoken. Oh, oh, no, the fuck it was not. I'm sorry. So I didn't realize that if you unadd somebody on Snapchat, but you don't block them. Mind you, I was told I'm too old to be on Snapchat by a fucking teenage coworker of mine. And I said, bitch, I've been using Snapchat since before you were fucking born. That was invented for my generation. What do you think is going to happen to you when you're 30? You think you're not going to be doing the same fucking things you're doing now, but better? Shut the fuck up, bitch. But this is also the first time I'm like, mm, am I too old for things? Am I too old to have hoes on Snapchat? And now I understand like the older person's perspective, like my parents and people who are a little younger than them that are like, well, I'm this age, but I don't feel any different. I still feel the same. That's how I feel. I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm 30, but I still feel like I'm 26. So like, what the fuck is the difference? Why do I have to stop doing shit that I want to do? So I didn't know that if you unadd somebody but don't block them on Snapchat that they don't unadd you if they don't want to and they can still see your stories. But on, honestly, I'm also not fucking pressed about that. If I'm going to call you out for whatever reason, I'm not afraid to let you see it. But also, like, if I'm going to call you out, I'm just going to call you out to you. I'm not going to put it on my fucking Snapchat story. So I was referring to another situation and it was like a picture of myself and I wrote I wrote that like people make me laugh or some shit and that um, it's cutting season and not just at the gym, meaning like cutting people the fuck out. But that was 100% not to do with him. That was another stupid ass situation that is completely not even worth talking about. But I was referring to something totally different. Most of which was just like cutting things out of your life that are stupid and a waste of time. Could be a person, could be a habit, could be an activity, it, whatever it was. It wasn't about him. So he texts me and says, did you sub me? Meaning like on Snapchat. So I figured out with the cryptic way he acts that he assumed that I was talking about him on my fucking Snapchat story like we're five years old. So I just sent back a question mark and he never answered. So that was the last time I talked to LA Fitness after fucking running into him twice at LA Fitness. The irony of the fact that I ran into him at LA Fitness when his code name is LA Fitness is just out of control to me. It is absolutely out of control. And the odds that it happened twice, I just like, who does this kind of shit happen to? Has this happened to you? Because sometimes I feel like it's only me. Sometimes I can't tell if God wants to punch me in the fucking face, my faggot ass face, or if the things he does like this are gifts, because this is the best thing I have to talk about this week. So LA Fitness is still dead to me, both the person and the gym. Goodbye. Speaking of Snapchat <laughs> and why I really am too old for it, I have told you before that I am a sexting slut. I don't really sleep around, but I like the nudes. Send me all the dick pics. I don't give a fuck. I send out ass pics like they're going out of style. I don't even know how to count the scale that that's on. So I have a couple, you know, regulars. <laughs> Sounds so fucking bad. So I'm like messaging with this guy that I talk to quite often and he's like being flirty, sending me some shit. So I start sending shit back, right? When I tell you 
out of nowhere. I'm high on the couch, right? I'm laying on the couch when this whole thing starts watching the Jersey Shore because someone brought up the Jersey Shore and I started watching like the first three episodes of the original season laughing my ass off. And this is what's happening. So now I engage in this bullshit. I'm high to my face, right? So we're going back and forth like the fifth time we go back and forth. I accidentally hit upload to my story. And here we have the new options, which I don't know why the fuck they created this, where you no longer have to check it and then send it to your story. There's a quick ad where you just hit the little plus button and it automatically uploads to your story with no time to cancel it. So I literally am like jerking off in the Snapchat. It's not an ass pick. If it was that, I would have left it. If it was something subtle, I am full on jerking my dick. Dick wet as fuck. <laughs> leaking like a motherfucking faucet and i hit upload to my story and i am like no i'm not so worried about what's being seen right like it's not embarrassing to me my dick looks great if it was an ass pic it would have been even better i would have been like "Woo, you're welcome i'm more so thinking about who's gonna see it right my siblings <laughs> my best friend's mom my family my dad's girlfriend like who the fuck even remembers who's on there my aunt my cousins like I, the last thing i need is my fucking 19 and 14 year old cousins watching me jerk my fucking dick on snapchat i am losing it so now it's at the point where it's spinning because it's trying to upload right and i'm clicking on the story and i'm opening it and i'm waiting for the spinning to stop so i could fucking delete it before anyone sees it but you know if you have a snapchat or an instagram and you upload things to your story, there's always those two motherfuckers who immediately view it. Less than one minute, the Snapchat is up, the Instagram story is up, and you've got those two motherfuckers who immediately view it. And all I am thinking about is those two people who always immediately view my shit on Snapchat watching me jerk my dick like it's fucking going out of style. I freaked out, and as soon as it stopped spinning, I deleted it, and I texted my friend Taylor because she's the only one I can trust in this situation and the only one who will react fast enough. And I said, go on my Snapchat story right now. Right the fuck now. Click it and see what the last story is. See what the last one you can see is. And she texted me back like fucking immediately and was like, it's the Snapchat of you making pasta sauce in your grandma's kitchen. And I was like, woo, woo, woo. We are safe. No more than one person at most saw that for the six seconds it was up and if you did you gotta fucking show because it really was a good one <laughs> what a boner kill so now i couldn't even finish what i was doing <laughs> my sexting situation he probably thought i fucking died because i threw the phone and went to smoke a cigarette and checked like five more times to make sure that it really wasn't there i about lost my mind and i said you know what i'm taking a break from the snapchat sexting i need a fucking break because that heart attack that i was on the verge of having was not fucking worth it the tense feeling in my chest where i felt like my whole body was gonna collapse was not worth it and it was honestly so ironic because my barber my barber's like a cool young guy he posted something kind of weird but not really like fully exposed but he was like at the gym in the pool and his like wieners flopping in his shorts right so he posted that on his story and i responded and i was like why don't you just start at only fans like this is a lot for instagram and he was like holy shit i totally didn't mean to upload that like it was totally by accident and then he tells me a story about how one time he accidentally uploaded a video to his story instead of sending it and it was him 
banging his girlfriend like a bunch of years ago. And he said it was up there for like six hours before he realized that people were messaging him and trying to get him to take it down. So a bunch of people saw it. And then I saw him to get a haircut a couple days later. And we talked about that situation. Now, this was before I had the Snapchat incident. And I was like, how the fuck do you accidentally upload something to your story? I've never done that. That is the dumbest shit I ever heard. And fucking God punished me almost immediately instant karma because not but like two or three days later did i have this incident happen i wanted to fucking jump off a bridge i also want to do a check-in with breakup progress right because we've been talking about my breakup for quite some time now a few weeks at least and I feel like I'm going through weird different stages. Like I talked to you about how I have like a weird relationship with this breakup that's different, right? So I have weeks where I'm fine and weeks where I'm not. Like entire weeks where I like feel like I could take on the world and then an entire week where I'm just like down. It's kind of subtle and in the background, but like I know why it is, you know? And anything can happen at any time. I could be totally fine for a whole day, not think about it, two days, whatever. And then all of a sudden, something will remind me of him. Hot chocolate, of course. <laughs> that still cracks me up. And something will remind me of him and it'll just put me in like a weird place. I don't know. It's very complicated this time around. I thought it was going to be very cut and dry like the rest where you just feel sad for a little bit and then you get the fuck over it at some point. But that's not happening. So I got really high the other night and I was with Rachel. And I kind of like spiraled into a bunch of thoughts and I was just spitting them out out loud at her and not like a bad spiral, not like crazy emotional, like a very prolific spiral. It was all like things that I kind of needed to realize, right? So this started the night that we were allegedly, supposedly maybe going to see the Northern Lights, which is bullshit. So my stepdad texts me like a bunch of random shit from time to time. So out of nowhere, no context, he texts me this article of the Northern Lights apparently being visible from a bunch of like weird different states where you usually can't see them. So I'm reading through it and New York is on the list. And I'm like, ooh, fun, exciting. Is this because some weird shift is happening? Is this due to global warming because Taylor Swift is still flying around in that jet while she's on tour? <laughs> Just kidding. I don't give a fuck about that. However, I'm immediately thinking about like, why is this happening? So then I think because I'm kind of like, I don't know, is it rational? Is it cynical? Is it pessimistic you choose but i'm like we're not going to be able to see this from fucking long island we're on long island we're an hour outside the city the light pollution alone is not going to allow us to see the northern lights if they even are visible and if they are visible they're not going to be as bright as what you see in fucking alaska or wherever the hell they are we're not going to see it like that here so immediately I'm like, eh, whatever, that's not going to happen. Maybe if I was far fucking upstate, okay. So I text him back and I'm saying all that. I'm like, we're not going to see it from here, but whatever. So he texts me like an hour later, two hours later, and he's like, can you see them? And I'm like, no, but I'm going to walk down to the beach at the end of my street because I can see the sky and the stars really clearly over the water and I'll see if I can see anything. But I fucking doubt that that's going to happen, right? So I'm thinking about it. I'm like, oh, I'm tired. I'm stoned. I don't want to walk all the way down there. Like, no, nah, I'm not going to go. Then I changed my mind, of course. So I got dressed. I'm walking out the door. Rachel calls me because we're still on the phone 85,000 times a day, even though she lives directly upstairs, whatever. 
So I'm like, hey, I'm about to walk down to the beach to try to see the Northern Lights, even though I'm not going to see them. Do you want to come for the walk? And she's like, yeah, sure. So she changes. She puts her jacket on. We start walking down the street, right? We get to the beach and we're looking up and it's so cloudy that you can't see anything at all. So if it was a possibility to see anything, we weren't fucking seeing it with the clouds. But I couldn't see the sky or the stars the way I normally can because of how cloudy it was. That pissed me off even more. So we hung out at the beach for a few minutes. It was a little chilly. We come back, right? And as we're walking back, I'm thinking about habits that you want to break. Habits that you have that you want to break. And I'm thinking to myself, this is a really great connection to who I am in relationships. Who I am when I meet someone who I feel so strongly about. And mind you, I've only been in three relationships in my 20s. So it's not like this is happening every fucking week. I'm meeting someone and thinking like, oh, I'm in love with this person. I'm ignoring red flags. Like this has happened three times in my entire 20s. I'm now 30. So I'm thinking about the fact that this is kind of how I am in relationships, right? Like I knew tonight I wasn't going to see the Northern Lights. I knew I was tired and I didn't want to walk to the beach, but a part of me had to make sure and had to see if I was correct. I knew I wasn't going to see shit on fucking Long Island on the South Shore. I knew I was not seeing the Northern fucking Lights, but something in me had to go make sure just in case I didn't want to miss out. Like, what if this, what if I'm wrong? What if this works out? And I started to realize that's how I was in my relationships, specifically the later two. I saw red flags in the beginning, and I knew that those things were going to cause issues and present difficulty. And when you're thinking from the perspective of meeting someone where your intention is for longevity and success in the relationship, and it's not somebody that you just want to hang out with, but someone that you're taking seriously, that you have serious feelings for, and you're starting to maybe fall in love with. When you see those red flags, get the fuck out, especially if there's more than one, right? So I'm thinking and I'm like, why am I this way? Why did I have to walk to this beach to make sure I couldn't see something that I knew I wasn't going to be able to see? Why did I enter these relationships after seeing red flags and excusing them away and telling myself that it would be fine, it was going to be okay, we could get through whatever the fuck it was, and then multiple times in each of those relationships, those same things I saw in the beginning that I ignored or explained away presented issues that ended up causing the end of the relationship. And while I was the person who left those relationships, <laughs> all three of them actually never been broken up with. <laughs> anyway, even though I was the one who left all three of those relationships, the reason I left was because of those red flags. Not to say that I'm perfect and not to say that I'm a fucking walk in the park because I'm a difficult motherfucker to deal with. Very easy to make happy, very complex in other ways. I don't want a lot of things. Don't lie. Don't be a cheater. Tell the truth. You know, like have a fucking job. <laughs> I don't really care what it is. Just be able to fucking figure your own shit out. I don't have like crazy expectations and requirements of like wine and dine me and take me to fucking dinner and spend all this money. I don't care about shit like that. I like thoughtful stuff. I don't need gifts. I don't need you to spend a ton of money. I think people who buy each other ridiculous materialistic stuff during holidays and birthdays, like I think that's corny. It's just not for me. If I want something, I'll figure out how to get it the fuck myself. That's who I am. I like thought, put some thought into shit, you know? But anyway, I'm jumping off on a fucking tangent. 
So I realized that that is who I am in relationships. I know that these red flags and these problems are going to cause issues later, but I run into them like a fucking bull anyway. And I realized on that walk home, relating those two things, that the Northern Light thing was cute shit. It was no big deal that I took a 10 minute walk down to the water, but it is a big deal when I apply that same logic and that same part of my personality in the beginnings of relationships. And I promise myself that I will never fucking do that again. And you should never do that either. So that thought spiraled into talking about our relationships because Rachel, which I haven't talked about story for another time is newly single as well. After eight years, she was in an eight year relationship. So it is interesting that we've been best friends for so long, our entire lives. And we're processing the same thing together. And we both are talking about how these two people have been the greatest loves of our life so far and the people that we thought we were going to spend our lives with. So it's interesting for us to be going through that together. And also, I've been trying to process closure on my own because I did have a conversation with Hot Chocolate, which I told you before didn't really end great. We had gotten into an argument and then it had been okay through text after I saw him to drop off the rest of his stuff. And just to go into a little more detail about that, I was having a very like emotionally vulnerable conversation with him about how I felt I needed closure. I felt like I needed to sit down with him face to face and have a conversation because when we did see each other, we didn't talk about anything substantial. We kind of just bullshitted and like caught up about life and family and relationships with people in our lives that we hadn't talked about in quite a while. But I feel like I needed a closure situation because it's been four years of this relationship, so many ups and downs. Like I feel like I lived a lifetime with that person because of everything that we had been through together. And I need to like know how you feel about things because you're not being emotionally vulnerable. And I'm trying not to put that on you too much from my end because we aren't really talking. So it's weird to kind of hit someone up out of the blue and like dump all your emotions on them. But I need that conversation. And it just seemed like it was really unimportant to him. And it seemed like he wasn't understanding what I was looking for for him. And he was giving me more of like, I'm willing to hear you out and let you say what you have to say kind of response. And I was thinking and said, well, you've heard everything I've had to say over and over again. So what am I going to do? Sit down and repeat the same conversation, the same shit you've heard about how I feel about you and our relationship and this breakup and all that shit. Like you've heard that already. I need you to bring something to the table emotionally and tell me how you fucking feel. And if you can't do that, there's really no need to have the conversation for me to once again repeat myself. And I didn't get a response to that. And that was weeks ago and we haven't spoken since. So to me, I took that as I'm not going to get what I'm looking for from this person. And if I did, knowing who that person is, it would probably only be like, 70% at most. At the best, I would get 70% of what I'm looking for from that conversation. And that would be okay for me because I understand that person. I understand how much it would take out of him to give me that 70% because of who he is and his relationship with his emotions and whatever else without saying too much. But it just felt to me like it wasn't important enough to him. And in situations since our breakup and since he's moved out, there's been a handful of times where he's called me or texted me and needed me to be there for him at some capacity 
whether it was to drop something off or talk on the phone about something he was going through. And every single time that that has happened, whether it was against my better judgment or not, I have dropped what I was doing if I wasn't at work. And I've been there for him in whatever way that he needed because I knew it was important. I knew that that person needed me and I knew that I wanted to be there for them. So I did because it was important to me. And I didn't feel like I was getting that same respect in return. And it was hurtful. It hurt me to think, I'm going to leave this on the text message he didn't answer. And if it is important enough to you, after spending four years with me as your partner, thinking that this is the person we're going to spend our lives with, each other, if it's important enough to you because it's important to me, to give me something as simple as a conversation that you know I'm looking for, whether it's difficult for you to do or not, you would do it. So after that, I started having this thought in my head where I was only going to get 70% of what I wanted at best, and it's looking like I'm not going to get any of it. It's been weeks. I haven't heard back. I'm not going to beg someone. I don't care how much I care about you. I'm not going to beg anyone for closure or to make me feel better. So that's out the window, and I need to start to process these emotions and the things that have happened on my own so that I can get through it because I'm not going to get what I'm looking for. And if for some reason in the future I do, out of the blue, it's a bonus. That would be great. But as of now, I'm expecting that I won't get that and I still need to move forward without it. However I do that, I don't know. I'm in that fucking journey now. So we'll see. So I started thinking about all this shit. I was connecting the Northern Lights situation to my own behaviors. And then I started thinking about and talking to Rachel about, are these people that were in our lives really as great as we think they were? Were those loves and relationships as incredible as we think they were? Or was it because everything that we had to compare it to before was complete shit? You know what I'm saying? I spent two or three years in each relationship throughout my 20s, totaling three. The two prior to my most recent were complete shit for different reasons. There was great times in those relationships, good memories, great lessons that I learned from them. But the reasons that I left those relationships were pretty much complete shit. Do you know what I'm saying? I was also younger. So I started to think, is this love of my life, this great relationship, that I can't seem to move past certain feelings of? Is it as great as I make it in my head as I believe it was? Or was it because everything before it was kind of shit? So if I had had those two shit relationships, and then I had a really incredible one with a really great person who had their shit together and was emotionally available and all the fucking things that you look for, right? And that didn't work out for whatever reason, not a bad one, And then I had this last relationship after that. Would it have felt the same? Would I be sitting here feeling the same? Would it have lasted as long? Or would I have left earlier because I realized what I had to compare it to before was better? And that's not to discredit Hot Chocolate because he's a wonderful person and I love him to death. I always will have some sort of love for him. It's not to disrespect him or discredit him or act like that relationship wasn't as meaningful as it is to me. But I wonder if I had something before it that was even better or close to it or equal, would I have felt the same? I don't know and I will never know. I just thought it was such an interesting thought. When you don't have something great to compare and some fucked up shit happens, you start to wonder, am I glamorizing a situation 
that isn't as great as I thought it was, you know? And that's been a hard pill for me to swallow since I brought that up, thinking to myself, I'll never figure that out. So I hope it was as great as I thought it was, but I'll never know. And we'll see what happens in the future. But also sometimes I feel like I set myself up for failure, right? And I was telling Rachel this because I've been in the three relationships. She's only been in two. And then I think to myself, like the odds of trying anything three times are probably not that great, right? Imagine if I wanted to make this podcast a success and I did three episodes and then said, oh, this isn't happening. I give up. Imagine if I wanted to lose weight and I went to the gym three times and I was like, oh, I haven't lost a pound. I quit. Imagine if I trained at my job for three days and I was like, "Mm, I don't like this. I quit. Two, three, four of anything. You don't know what the odds are that you're going to find something great. So I almost wonder in my 20s being in long term relationships, I always like prided myself on that. Like I had this relationship experience and I know people even now that are the same age as me that really have never been in a serious relationship for more than a few months. You know, like I used to pride myself on that. And now I think to myself, did I fuck up? Did I not spend my 20s figuring out exactly who and what I wanted? Because the odds are that the person who was in 20 situations doesn't even have to be like full long-term relationships probably has a better idea off the bat when they meet someone of whether it works for them or not. How did I expect to find something perfect and great and and long-lasting if I only gave it three tries, three real good tries? You know, like sometimes I wonder if I set myself up for failure by thinking that three of anything trials was enough. I'm also wondering recently, like I've talked about before how I'm not sure if I'll ever love someone the same way as I loved him. And I'm now thinking, is it the person? Is it the person that you find this great love? with that you'll never love anyone the same as them or do we just love more freely the less we've had fucked up shit happen to us in a relationship sense right so the less we've been jaded the less we've been beaten down in a sense emotionally the more open we are so is it because you never really find the same caliber of love or is it because each time you have a love and you lose it it kind of hardens you a little bit So do you love in a different way because you have more experience behind you? Whereas when you're young, you don't have anything to compare it to and you're so much more open and the feeling of love is new and exciting. I'm not really sure. I never loved someone the way I loved him and I knew it as soon as I met him. I felt it really early on. But will I feel that way again about somebody else? Or will I love someone but not as intensely? And is that because it's not him? Or is that because of what happened with him in that relationship? And I know what it feels like to lose that love. And now I'm not open to it anymore. Or am I not capable of feeling those same feelings with someone else because it's just a closed off part? But I also feel like I start in a relationship with a different person, very open. And as people show you who they really are, I start to close until eventually I'm just done, you know? So I'm trying to figure that out. And I guess I won't until I have another experience with somebody that I take seriously, that I see potential with. I guess that I won't know which one it is. And I'm just going to have to throw it up in the air and fucking gamble like Vegas. (laughs) I'm due for a trip to the casino because I got some shit to get out. I got some energy to let go of on the motherfucking slot machine. In conclusion, 
Don't be the person who knows it's a no, but goes to look anyway. Don't look for the Northern Lights on fucking Long Island, okay? And if you need to tell someone who's giving you red flags that quote, I give you permission. Look at that motherfucker and say, I'm not looking for the Northern Lights on Long Island. We're not upstate. Goodbye, bitch. You're dead. (laughs) Also, take the time to process things on your own and recognize that you have to do it on your own when someone is not giving you what you want or what you feel you need, whether it's because they don't want to, aren't capable of it, or whatever the reason, recognize that you're going to have to process that on your own and start to do so instead of waiting for the other person to help you because you're probably not going to get it. And if you operate with the thought that you're not going to get it and you start to work on it on your own, and then for some reason that person pops up and gives it to you, it's a bonus. And lastly, if you are listening to this and you are in your 20s, your early 20s, your mid 20s, whatever, spend a couple years before you're 30 dating around. You don't have to sleep with everyone. You don't have to sleep around. If you want to, good for you, bitch. Ride that dick. Ride that dick. Dive in that pussy hole if you're a straight man or a lesbian (laughs) listening to this face first, okay? Do whatever you want. But at the least, date. Go on dates, see what's out there, learn what you like, learn what you don't like, because I feel like at 30, I'm going to have to figure that out now. I feel like I want to do a speed date for a year of all kinds of different people and see what the fuck's going on because I don't have a whole lot to compare it to. You know, If I could go back and change one thing, I don't think I would spend my entire 20s in relationships. I learned some great lessons about life and love and who I want to be through that, and how I want to love people, and not to become as closed off and cold as I could based on my experiences. But I think I would spend some more time just kind of living my life, being single, and focusing on nothing but myself. And instead, I'm going to do it now at 30, but I wish I did it at 26. So if you're listening, do that. All right. Anyway, so this past weekend... I went to see Alex Johnson in the city. Obviously, I interviewed her just a few months ago ahead of her album Seasons. If you didn't listen to that, are you fucking crazy? That was one of the best interviews I've done. She is so incredible. So flash forward, we were talking about in the interview that when she came to New York, I was going to come see her. I had just gotten tickets at that point. So I took Rachel and her sister Rihanna with me to go to the city and see the show. It was at Rockwood Music Hall, an incredible really small and intimate venue. So Rachel decided she wanted to drive in. Why? I don't know. So we picked up Rihanna. We headed to the city, right? We went to like this little cute bar next door that was doing $5 margaritas. I think it was called the Stanton on Stanton. Very original. (laughs) Margaritas were great. Vibes were great. I don't drink tequila. Put a pin in that. But for some reason, when I'm in an exceptional mood, really feeling good, I'm like, I could drink tequila tonight because tequila makes me angry. But if I'm on cloud nine for some reason, I'll usually be okay. So that's how I was feeling that day. I felt good. I felt good about how I looked, which is rare these days. I was ready to roll. I was feeling ready to do some business, even though there was no business to do. (laughs) I wanted to party. So I did a shot of tequila and I had a margarita and that just fucking started the train. We got into the venue and the opener came on. And because it's a small venue and because it's not like fast-paced, crazy music, you could hear a motherfucking pin drop in 
Rockland musical and we're like at the bar ordering drinks and I'm like oh fuck we should quiet down they could literally hear anything that goes on in this room and I feel like we're being crazy we ended up getting along really well with the two bartenders so we just kept ordering drinks at one point they were like buying us shots and giving us fucking drinks so I'm getting fucked up at the Alex Johnson show I leave the girls on the stairs and I'm like, I'm going to go in for a closer view. I want to get up close. I want to get some videos. So I'm standing on kind of like the side of the stage. And at one point she's playing, she comes out obviously past the opener. She comes out, she's playing her set and she like looks over in the corner and does like a double take because she saw me and she waved. And I was like, we're friends now. I'm friends with my favorite childhood actress musician. We're not friends, but it was really cute that she recognized me. So the show went on. It was great. So now it's time for me to go back and talk to her before I go home. So I go in the back and I'm talking to Alex and I'm like, where's the merch? I want to buy some merch. I bought one of every shirt. We're having a conversation very briefly. And I'm like, I got to get out of here. I got to go get my sisters. They're drunk, whatever. (laughs) So we go to dinner and the whole night we were deciding since we started drinking, like at some point, someone's going to have to stop drinking. If not, we're going to have to grab a hotel room and stay over. So next to the venue, while we were outside smoking, we saw this like entranceway to what looked like a bar on the side of another building. And we talked to the bouncer and we were like, what's going on over here? And he was like, oh, it's a rooftop bar for the hotel. So we looked next door and realized that in between the venue and this bar is a hotel. So we booked a room there while we were at dinner. Rachel takes us to this place called the Dirty French. We had a fucking $400 dinner. I wanted to go to goddamn Sweet Chick and eat fried chicken and gravy, okay? And all of a sudden, we're having a $400 French cuisine. I've got like a steak au poivre. I don't know what happened. She ordered like a $150 bottle of champagne. And I was like, Rachel, I don't care about the money, but I don't want to drink champagne. And she looked at me half drunk and said, yes, you do. And I said, okay, because that's what you do. You just make your wife happy. It's crazy all the things that I call her. My best friend, my sister, and my wife. (laughs) That probably sounds so bad to people who don't know what's going on over here. So we're at dinner. We booked the room. And now we're ready to fucking party, right? So we go to the hotel. We check in. We go up to the room, drop our shit off. We leave the room. We go back downstairs. We go to the entrance of the rooftop bar. At this point, Rachel and I have harassed this poor bouncer 97 times while we were at the venue. And I think he's sick of us. She's drunk telling us that she's going to get us to cut the line. And we're like, there's maybe six people in front of us on this line. Like, we'll just wait. It can't take more than a few minutes. Anyway, I think he was so sick of our bullshit that he let us cut the line, which was unnecessary, but fine. I'm pretty sure that we were in the same elevator with the people who were behind us that we cut in front of anyway. So whatever. So we get to the rooftop and we walk out of the elevator and there's like a hallway and a door. We walk in and I look up and I realize there's like house music bumping and there's lights like LED lights strips across the whole ceiling, like broken into parts, flashing, doing different patterns. And you know me with this fucking podcast, I'm like, everything relates to what I'm doing. So I'm taking a video of the room and I'm taking a video of the lights and I'm like, oh, these are so cool. I wonder like if I could buy these, where can I put them on the ceiling? So they like reflect when I'm filming videos for clips of the show. And I look over and it's like New York City snobs in this place. Like you can tell it's the rich kids and the kids who are like 26, 27 with a fucking finance job that are making too much money for their age and they're out here partying and doing crazy shit. They've all got attitude problems. So I look over 
And as I'm filming this video, this, obviously this all happened in a matter of five seconds, but I look over and I see this bitch, okay? She's in a fucking wife beater crop top. First of all, it's like a tank top wife beater style, but it's a crop top that comes right under her boobs. And I'm like, that is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. You put that on and you walked out of the house and said, I look great, you fucking asshole. She's wearing like loose fitting blue jeans and sneakers. You can tell she's one of those girls she was like, I don't care what I look like. Mm, I'm just going to this New York City rooftop bar. Like, it's fine. I'm just going to the club, dress like a normal girl because, like, I don't care what I look like. You can tell she's one of those who acts like she doesn't give a fuck, but she really does, right? So I walk in. I'm taking a video of the lights. I have not seen this bitch. I don't know her from a hole in the wall. I look over. I think in my head what a stupid outfit she's wearing. I walk right past. And for some reason, I don't know what it was about her nasty fucking face, okay? And look, I have a big nose. See my big fucking schnoz? I got a big nose. So if I make a joke about someone having a big fat nose, just know that I'm allowed to do that. I am allowed to make that joke because I belong to the big nose club. This bitch looked like Gonzo from the motherfucking Muppets, okay? That bitch had a snoz for fucking days. I turn around and I see her laughing with her friend, rolling her eyes and mimicking me taking the video and going oh sick bro and i turned around and i fucking snapped i fucking snapped she looked at me and saw me look at her and her eyes kind of widened because she wanted to be a cunt in secret that's how those kinds of girls are she's a mean girl she must have been like 23 she was probably a fucking cunt in high school to everyone who didn't live up to her standards, and I was sick of her shit immediately. I fucking snapped, and I looked at her, and I was like, aren't you just the coolest girl in the room? Because you're definitely not the fucking hottest, bum-ass bitch. And then I turned around before I could see her reaction because I realized that I'm 30 years old and that girl's probably 24. And the last thing I need is for her to come over with an attitude and for me to get Rachel into a fight because Rachel will throw hands if she needs to. And we are above that. We are 30 years old. We are not about to get into an altercation in the rooftop bar in New York City. But I turned around and I was like, hm, I still got it. That was right on the fly. And I hope she learned her lesson. I hope she learned her lesson because you know what's going to happen? If you make fun of someone thinking it's in secret while the person is standing four feet away, they just might be a sassy, nasty faggot like me that's going to turn around and tell you about yourself. And the things that I could have said that were actually in my fucking mind, including about her big schnoz, I spared her because I really realized that she is making fun of someone else because she's a weak ass bitch who doesn't feel good about herself so what i said was light work you're welcome on either side of the rooftop club thing are two outdoor patios so now we go outside and i'm like skeptical at first because most new york city rooftops you can't smoke out there you can get away with vaping but you can't smoke a cigarette i look around and i realize a bunch of other people are smoking cigarettes and i'm like oh great this is a safe spot to smoke because i still haven't quit all the habits i say i'm gonna break like the bad food and the cigarettes i have not done so in 2023 so far fuck you so i'm smoking a cigarette and i'm having a good time right so we come in and out all night because now i'm drinking tequila i'm drinking fucking mixed drinks i switched to vodka i'm drinking those weird seltzers they're not fucking white claws because they're apparently more high class but they tasted like shit then I switched to beer. I was all over the place all fucking night. The more I drink, the more I smoke. So I go outside by myself and I sit down on like these little couches that they had outside. And I look across from me and there's two guys sitting on the couch directly across from me. And he pulls out a baggie and a key 
and literally dips it in the bag and starts sniffing it. So he's doing coke and I'm staring at him kind of drunk, kind of laughing, thinking to myself, obviously I've seen cocaine 5 million times when I'm out. I've never done it. I think it's fucking gross. And I'm looking at him like kind of laughing because I'm thinking about how many times I've seen it, but never out in the open in a situation like this. I've gone into the bathroom. People are doing it. I've been in like the back room of clubs in the city and bars and shit where I've known people and I've seen people doing it there. I've never really seen it out in the open in the middle of a packed fucking crowd. So he's doing it off the key. And he looks up at me and he's like, do you want some? And I'm like, "Uh, no, that's disgusting. What the fuck do I look like? Absolutely not. And I left and I mind you my business. I don't know what about that experience triggered me into starting to scream that I wanted Molly to do Molly, to find Molly, to snort it, to lick it, fuck it, whatever. I don't know what I wanted, but all of a sudden I wanted drugs. And for anyone listening to this, Anyone who knows me will tell you that I am not a drug user. It stops at the weed and the occasional Percocet when I have a kidney stone. I've never done drugs. I don't like drugs. I don't like people who do drugs. I am so out of that fucking bullshit. And all of a sudden, it was drugs, drugs, drugs. So the next morning, I listened to a few voice notes that I took when I was hammered with Rachel's sister, Rihanna, and I'm going to play them for you now. If anybody knows anybody who has Molly, let's do Molly. Okay. <laughs> I saw three men doing cocaine on the balcony, and they said, do you want a bump? They were doing it off a key. And I said, no, these are virgin nostrils. But I wish I did it. If that man has Molly, I'm going to sniff it. No, no, no. I wish I didn't do cocaine, but I want Molly instead. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> I can't seem to find Molly. Where's Molly? Do you know Molly, you motherfucker? I hate her. I don't even know her. Will you do Molly with me? My mother's going to ground me tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> You're 35 in dog years. You can't get grounded. That's true. That's true. Let's do Molly. Okay. Woo! I haven't found any Molly. How about you? No, or cocaine. I want to do drugs. Drugs, 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 drugs. Where's the fentanyl? If I die, I die. <laughs> okay. Another update, we did not find any Molly. I asked two men if they knew her to find Molly, and they said no. Are you disappointed? Um, like, a little, but, like, also, like, wasn't expecting it either. So, like, if it didn't happen, it didn't happen. Like, you know? I thought we were going to do Molly to this music and these lights. It would have only been my second time in life. Will you meet me on the other side? The other patio? Meet me outside. Meet really? me outside. Y'all gonna make me lose my mind. Do you know where to find Molly? Ask him if he knows where to find some Molly. Okay. Take your breasts out. I mean, I could if you want. <laughs> Woo! Breasts out on the rooftop. That's the episode title. Um, 
maybe I'll just play you the reaction of the first time that I listened to this since that morning after, <laughs> which was like an hour ago, because I lost my mind. It's true, I did. It's true, nothing goes up this nose. Exit only. Can you sniff Molly? Is that even safe? <laughs> it's true, I hated that bitch. She's 24. I'm disgusted with myself. I was fucking on one this night. This is why I don't drink tequila. This is the shit that happens when I fucking drink tequila. That's why I swore it off. Thank God. That is so bad. That is so bad. I'm speaking to myself. That is so bad. <laughs> uh, I would just like to apologize to everyone who was involved in that situation, as well as Rihanna's mother. <laughs> I'm very sorry about this. I do not do drugs. I wouldn't have done drugs. I've done Molly like once in my life, and I was 18, and I've never done it again. I loved it. That's why I never did it again. Very bad crash the next day. I would like to apologize on behalf of myself. <laughs> oh, my God. No more tequila for me. So after this, we went to the diner as if we just hadn't eaten like four hours prior. We went to the diner at three o'clock in the morning. The place was fucking packed. The place was fucking packed, whatever diner it was that we were at. And we were not in a good place. I'm telling you, these stories recently of being in the city, I don't know what it is about a 3.30 a.m. diner trip in the city, but every time I'm like, nah, I should just go to bed. I'm in a good place. I'm drunk, but I'm fine. And then I get to the diner and I just, it all catches up with me in that environment for some reason. I don't know if it's the bright lights. I don't know if it's that I stopped drinking at that point. I don't know if it's the anticipation of the food. But something just like all of a sudden switches in me and I don't need to be doing that shit anymore. The worst part of it was that we woke up at like 10 o'clock in the morning and I felt fine, but I felt tired. And these two bitches were going home to like pass out on the couch and I had to go straight to fucking work. So that was an eventful Saturday night for me at work. I thought I was going to fall over and die. I am too old to be doing that shit. Mind you, I wanted to fucking kill Rachel because she was drunk drunk, which doesn't happen that often. But when it does, it's a fucking scenario. She made these new friends and sat at their table and then everyone started leaving and it was just this last couple left. And I left her over there and Rihanna and I went to go dance because Rufus Dussol came on and I went up to the DJ. I was so excited. He was playing Aaron Bloom and I showed him a, um, my phone. I pulled up another Rufus song. It was Desert Night. 
which is my favorite Rufus song. And I was like, oh my God, Rufus, can you play this? And the DJ looked at me and looked at the phone and looked at me and shook his head no. And I was like, are you fucking high? That's the best Rufus song I've ever heard. Then like an hour later, he played Aaron Bloom again. Great song, but he played it like fucking three times. You couldn't pick another Rufus song. So then after that, I walked back over to the table where Rachel is and she's standing up with these people she doesn't know, yelling at the guy about his girlfriend telling him you better treat her right and i'm laughing because i'm like this is fucking ridiculous and i can't wait to tell her in the morning but then i realize that he's getting pissed and i see his face because she's spilling her tequila pineapple on his fucking pants and all of a sudden he's got this big wet spot and i'm pulling her away because all i'm thinking in my head is this guy is a skinny little pipsqueak but he's like six three so I don't know if I can take him. And if he gets really angry, the only person in this situation who is going to have to get into an altercation with him is me. He's going to come after me because although I'm a big fucking fag, I'm the only guy in the situation. And if he comes charging at somebody, I'm going to have to hope for the best. Maybe grab a glass or a bottle, smash it over his head, might have to go to prison. I'm not looking to get into that. So I'm pulling her away and she's like, no, I'm not finished. And I'm like, you're done. Let's go. We're leaving this area. That's all I've got for you this week. It was eventful. We had highs. We had lows. I laughed. I didn't cry. I could have. I need to delete those voice notes, even though I know they're going to be out there forever because I'm putting them in this episode. I need to get rid of them so I feel better that they're not on my phone. As usual, if you're not following me on Instagram, it's at Mickey Not The Mouse, rude. If you're not following the podcast Instagram, it's at Pulse Pounding, also rude. And if you are on a streaming service where you can leave a five-star review and or a really great comment about how much you love this show, how funny and wonderful I am, okay? Because most days I don't believe it, so I like to read those. If you are on that service and you haven't done so already, what are you doing? It is fucking rude. Do it now. Do it right now. Don't do the thing that you do where you're like, oh, I'll do that tomorrow or next week when I listen. Do it the fuck now. Rude. (laughs) Anyway, see you next week, hoes. Bye. Bye.